0: Alright, what's up everybody? We are live on the second episode of the Corner 3 Podcast. Excited to be back and killing it for another episode. Tim Daniel here with none other than Mr. Alex Derrickson.
1: What's up everybody?
0: Man, it's so nice to see you and hear you without being right next to you.
1: Ah, It's so great. I know, right? You get rid of my smell?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Is it like the pro wrestling smell?
1: That is a smell from some (laughs) sub-level of hell that I wish not to discuss.
0: I agree. And also with us, none other than Mr. Sean Mackey. How are we doing today, sir?
2: Great. How are you doing, Tim?
0: I am doing fantastic. So, guys, a lot to talk about this week. Let's get right into it, and let's recap the latest NBA news. 41-year-old Derek Fisher decides he wants to come back and try to play in the NBA again. Um, I don't know, probably the Golden State Warriors probably need to fill some bench spots after everything they're doing this season. So, Alex, what are your thoughts on the news of Derek Fisher trying this again after coaching and coming back? Trying to pull the Magic Johnson.
1: Uh, I think this marks his coaching tenure as an abject failure, Uh, and I really don't see the oldest player in the league this year being Derek Fisher. Uh, Best case scenario, training camp. Second best case scenario, he ends up on a roster of a championship team at the end of the bench after the All-Star break. Other than that, I think this is a pipe dream for him, or he ends up in China, which he has said he's not opposed to doing.
0: Uh, do you think maybe that team in Israel that Amari is going to play for might give him a shot? I do not. Darn.
1: The I, don't, I, I don't think many teams. I mean, he says he stays in shape since he's retired. However, I just I don't see that really impacting the league whatsoever or him having any sort of bearing on anything that's going to happen this
0: season. So, Sean, bringing you in here in this conversation, so we've heard this season now that Derek Fisher wants to come back. We've heard Ray Allen wants to come back. Uh, Steven Jackson getting a shot at the Golden State Warriors training camp. Is Is this the 2008 NBA free agency season?
2: Right? Right? You know, I don't... I don't think... Any of those guys are going to have a shot this year. I think Ray Allen will flirt around with it for a little while, and um, he won't come back. And uh, Stephen Jackson, I-, I think it'd be great if they gave him a shot, just because I like him, mm-hmm. and he played for that you know that one really good Golden State Warriors team, and I think it'd kind of be cool to bridge that together, you know, even if it's like you know, at the very end of the bench. You know, and he only plays during, you know, the death of another player. But, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it would be, I'm totally okay with that. Um, Derek Fisher, this is, I don't even know why we're talking about
1: this. (laughs) (laughs) Because it happened and it's... It's fucking August. That's why we're talking that, about that's it.
2: That's what it is. That's what it is. I mean, we're just we're just digging for stuff right now. It's
1: great. Oh, trust, trust me. It, 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 this is Alex. the freshest news article. It only kind of goes downhill or weird from here. Well, Alex, you else. gotta
2: you, give us some more. There was some more NBA news this week. Give us something else. There is else.
1: some more NBA news. Our own Tim Daniel was in Chicago at the United Center to watch the Team USA Olympic team put on their worst offensive display probably ever, and their d de- in their you know defeat of Venezuela, which really wasn't anything of a surprise. And they also this week, or I guess in the past week since the last episode, defeated the Festus Ezelius Nigerian team.
0: Yeah, what did he drop <laughs> out?
1: So, that is important to note, that they defeated the Nigerian team without Festus Azzili, which would have probably impacted their actual win by at least six points.
2: <laughs> You're <laughs> probably right, yeah. Might have been a block in there, you know?
1: Maybe, maybe. A
2: couple Keyboards. boards. Yep. Yep. So, what was it like? T- tell us about the United Center. It's still holding up. I haven't been there in ten years.
0: <laughs> Dude, um... So it has been that, that- long. I sat in the 300s. It was my, you know, this is my first time going. So one, first time seeing the Jordan statue was super cool, man. Like, really neat. They moved oh, it, sure. actually, because of heard. the construction. So it's now, like, by the, closer to the main entrance than, by, like, uh, facing the parking lot instead of, like, facing, like, um, where the Blackhawk statues are of Nikita and Bobby Hall. Okay, if that, sure. If that lines up. Um, the Scottie Pippen statue is... No disrespect to Scotty, utterly useless compared to like, yeah, you know, this giant Jordan statue, these giant hockey statues. You literally walk in the main gate and there's half of Scotty Pippen with his hands on his hips.
1: Well,
2: there's also a, there's also a, a bust color.
1: of Johnny
0: Red. Yeah.
1: yeah, the the Johnny Red Kerr bust.
0: But here's the weird thing about Scottie Pippen's uh, statue compared to everybody else's: the co- the jersey's actually colored. Like, you know how Jordan's like in that like black weird thing, and like it has like those like molded molded people underneath them. Scottie right. pippen has got his red jersey on in his ball in his. So that was kind of cool, I guess.
1: Shout out the big butts for Scottie Pippen there. Oh, yeah.
0: Apparently, ha- <laughs> the budgeting is half body, color jersey. I guess. Oh no, I
1: think I think that's where some of the bonuses from that White Sox title came from.
0: Yeah, there you go.
1: Shit, <laughs> paint the jersey. <laughs> Make it uh, red. We're not going to get another one of these for a while. Paint that thing.
0: <laughs> and then, um, so I sat in the 300s, um, which United Center, you guys were right. Not a bad scene in the stadium. I mean, it was pretty nice there. Um, I was really impressed by outside of the 300s at every section, there's a bar. Like, oh, literally yeah. walked up from the seats, and I have a bar right there. I thought that well, I mean, was pretty awesome. for the
1: predominant Irish fan base, I think. Yeah,
0: Yeah. (laughs) and then, um, yeah, man, it was really cool. The only bone I really had to pick was not necessarily with the arena. It was with the crowd, so maybe you guys disagree with me here. I'm not trying to be all, like, American flag-waving Hulk Hogan by any stretch, but I had a really strong issue with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant getting booed. Um, Just because they're on the, like, if it's a regular season game, you know, I get that. You know, the Warriors, the Cavaliers, and the Bulls, the big rivalry there. Kyrie Irving playing on the other team. Sure. Okay, that's fine. Your regular season game, go for it. Uh, Kevin Durant, I get, you know, people trying to make him an unnecessary villain. I get that. But when it's the Olympic team, like when it's Team USA, I had a strong issue with those guys getting booed so loud in the stadium, especially because it was like, this is our country's team here in this circumstance. Am I too, like, American pride there? Am I wrong there? No, I I I think Hulk
1: Hogan, man. (laughs) (laughs) So let me tell you something, brother. (laughs) No, I I think you're onto something there, and that's not something I really considered uh, until you brought that up. That's that's a really interesting point is... When I mean, like, I, I understand hating a player for 82 games, you know, for a small block of your calendar. But when they're all kind of on the same team, it's it's kind of like those scenes in the movies where they play basketball and someone steals, like in Cable Guy, where he steals from his own teammate. Where it's like, dude, same team, come on, guys, like we're all kind of under the same roof here. And I, I, that's a really interesting point to see that people do that outside the season. That's kind of it's kind of sad. Mean, I, it doesn't it doesn't surprise me. I yeah. mean,
2: I I, I, well, I don't it doesn't know, surprise I me that, either because I'm a Bulls fan. So, but I'm not going to boo them no. at a Team USA thing. It's like, right. it, what's, what, you know, as soon as they put that Cavs jersey on, though, it's it's fair game. Exactly. You know? <laughs> so, but, I mean, the, the hate runs deep in, in Chicago. So, I mean, it, I, 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 I sort of get it, but, you know, I wouldn't participate in that because it's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, I, I, that's, that was my point. It just it kind of shocked me there. Um, How was know, tips received? Dude, biggest ovation of the night. It nice was sword. awesome. That's like good. even that makes even me coach happy. even coach K was like in his press conference was like I'm blown away by how much the crowd cheered out, cheered him. So
1: I saw so, that like I got a push notification about that, but I wasn't sure. I wanted to get like your reaction from having being there and everything yeah. like that too, and making and and actually hearing like what that was like to be there and hear what it because to, to hear it third, fourth, fifth hand I think is one thing, but from an actual experience I wanted to yeah. actually hear what the ovation was like there. What about Jimmy?
0: Uh, obviously, yeah, man. Jimmy was the loudest player. Um, what they were doing during the tour, I'm sure you guys saw when they were at Oracle. They would let like the guys from that home arena come out and talk to the crowd. Say, so let Draymond, Clay, and uh, Durant come out. They had Jimmy come out and talk about, you know, Team USA, Chicago. Thanks for being supportive. Our big goal is to win the uh, win gold medal. And they would let that guy. They let him start the game, which was really neat too. um... Yeah, like Alex mentioned, their worst offense performance probably since they started playing Olympic NBA. Uh, the NBA team started playing in the Olympics, but what was the final score? It was eighty to forty-eight. But at the end of the third <laughs> quarter, it was forty-nine to twenty-two.
1: Huh. Um, it's interesting that uh, they put up forty-eight because you know the Bulls do have the lowest scoring game in the shot clock era at forty-nine. <laughs> so that's that's nice that you know for for a brief moment in time in an exhibition game that we could kind of put that aside
0: but i mean there was some cool plays for sure um jimmy even made a pretty cool play in the fourth quarter where like he had a tip uh forward and then uh kyle lowry was trying to get the ball forward out of bounds and he threw it up and somehow jimmy got a hands to dunk on it that was neat um i'm really happy um you know, for geeks, for guys like that aren't us. You know, like casual NBA fans are kind of watching things here and there. I'm really happy that these people are going to see how awesome it is to see DeMar DeRozan play. Uh, oh he, sure. put on, he put on quite a show, like dunk, like with his dunks and everything. We've seen that throughout uh, the Olympic exhibition game. So, I, I was really happy people got to see that. Um, wasn't the best game for Boogie. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I think Kyrie led the team in scoring in that game, and I yeah, think really? he also. Led the team in assists and like two or three assists too. So, yeah. cool,
2: cool. Yeah,
0: yeah So good times, right? Yeah, yeah. It was awesome, man. Especially like that was my first NBA, tr- technically NBA experience. I Really? Guess. Have, that you, ca- have you never been to a game?
1: I know. I'm the worst oh, person man. to host an oh, NBA well,
0: podcast. We're, we're gonna.
2: We're, <laughs> I, I can't <laughs> believe
1: we're <gonna> do this. <laughs>
2: We're going to have to We're gonna have to have change that this year. We'll,
1: we'll take you to some weird innocuous Pacers game when they play, like, I don't know. The Wolf. No, I said innocuous, not exciting. <laughs> oh. we'll, we'll get you on a real nice Pacers-Sixers game or something.
0: Um, so I can see if Joel Embiid might actually play an NBA game? Yeah. Dude, that might be... Joel Embiid and me might have our first NBA games together. <laughs> <laughs> the only
1: difference is he'll be played. <laughs> However, if the NBA were just a sole one hundred percent spectator sport, you'd be golden. Right. <laughs> Unfortunately people have to play this game.
0: Damn. All so right. uh, moving off from there real quick. Yeah. About, uh...
1: Uh, something to kinda of make note of, we are coming up to the opt-out clause of the most current collective bargaining agreement. Uh, This does come by way of Real GM. Michelle Roberts of the uh, NBA PA is, quote, optimistic that the Players Association will be able to reach an agreement regarding a new collective bargaining agreement before the potential cutoff date of December 15th. Uh, Per Real GM, Roberts was quoted saying, this is a bit of a walk, so bear with me here, I can't discuss the talks because I promise not to, I'm not going to be too terribly substantive, but I will say I do believe, and Commissioner Adam Silver, I hope he agrees, he and I will continue to maintain a civil relationship. I actually like him. I think he's a pro. This does come as a much, much more improved relationship than David Stern and uh, Billy Hunter back a few years ago, but she also said, quote, we've had discussions, our teams have been in discussion for some months now, and we have made progress, and we are inclined to continue along those lines. We have meetings this summer, and we're meeting next week and consistently after that. We're trying to get a deal as quickly as we can, ideally before the start of next season, end quote. Huh. So, I, th- she re- I mean, they are pushing to try and get a deal done, but she did also say I have one more quote here. Uh, quote, nothing is certain, but I cannot imagine that if we don't have an agreement on December 14th and the opt-out deadline is the 15th, if that's where I find myself, I think it's probably a safe bet that we would opt out. I think it's probably a safe bet that the league would, we want a deal, we don't want to play the opt-out game, we want a deal, end quote.
2: Well, that's good. Yeah, but hasn't every other bargaining agreement went this way? We well, yeah, no have... one wants a lockout. I, I mean, mean, nobody. I again. mean, this,
1: this that's is, a, loo- well, a lose-lose.
2: Yeah, it is. It is, yeah. but it very well could happen again. And I mean, there's so much money being thrown into the league right now for this one season that yeah. people are going to get people are going to get hungry, you know. And I mean. Mike Connolly hasn't even made an all-star team, and he's the highest-paid athlete in the history of the United States. This well, so, so here,
1: here's the problem, at least the way I see it, right, is, is you have, and I think we touched on this a little bit last week, is you've got great players making great money, but you've got good players making great money, and you've got okay players making good money, and the, the balance is completely off on over like, what someone's worth versus what they're paid. And I think that's, that's something that's gotta be tackled in the CBA this year because I really do think, I know they're introducing the salary floor to go with the salary cap and everything, but they, they, I know it's impossible because the team's, I mean, it's the team's right to throw that much money at somebody. And, I mean, it's the players' outright right to accept it, obviously. Yes. But there's something that needs to be done to rework, like, deals going down the line to make sure that these B and C level players aren't getting these A contracts because it's insulting to the, the Currys and the LeBrons.
2: Well, I mean... Really? It,
1: I'll go it's, on.
2: It's funny because, like, you know, I was, I was reading the other day about, you know, uh, Kenneth Farid... And how, you know, he's probably going to get traded in the next year. Yeah. But, he, but he's not going to start on any team because the kind of contract he has is for like a sixth, seventh man. And he doesn't want to do that. So right. you're going to have that.
1: Well, and comparatively I... now, it's for a sixth or seventh man. But at the time, he actually yeah. – got uh, like yeah. he, played, he had a great contract year, got his deal, and has had a substantial uh, statistical drop-off. Yes. And I think that's – that is – that's got to be more of a fear, I think, amongst the NBA GMs when they start issuing these deals is, you know, how consistent are they going to be after they get that money?
2: I mean, how many buyouts are going to happen after, you know, some of these deals are over? Because you just know some of these guys are going to make it to, like, year four, year five, and something's going to happen. You know what right. I mean? A, you know, a Richard Lewis kind of thing or a Gilbert Arenas kind of thing, you know? Oh, my God. <laughs> Like contract horror stories, they happen yeah. all the time sure. now. And, I mean, it's just, you know, I I can just see that being a very big problem, you know, a few years from now. And we're going to end up with Mike Connolly will have a knee injury and he'll end up being the backup point guard for the Warriors, you know. And they'll get him for a steal.
0: Um, Side part of the CBA I thought was kind of cool. Um, how is it, so the NBA also has proposed in there that, if you're a three year or more NBA veteran, you'll be eligible to get health insurance through the NBA for their CBA. Why is it that the NBA is the first major league of the four major sports leagues to accomplish this into their CBA? The NFL hasn't even thought about this, obviously, but they're just thinking, like, we're just going to avoid concussion research as much as possible. Um.
1: <laughs> right, because people want to see the chess game where the men hit their heads at each other.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> but,
1: yeah. I mean,. We talk about like not like like from a business aspect and what the NBA has accomplished, even, you know, socially, culturally, how they treat their players and things like that. I mean, they really are the upper echelon
0: of, I agree. of
1: the sports leagues. They yeah. they do they set the bar and they do their best to stay ahead of the curve. I mean, that comes with pulling the All Star game out of Charlotte. Uh which is sad because Charlotte did everything right. It was the state that kind of screwed them over, but that's neither here yeah. nor there. That that is a topic for another day. Yeah. But it's It's really nice to see that the league like really stays ahead of the social curve, and I don't think they get enough acknowledgement and enough praise for that you're right but you know? the, the 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 insurance the just being able to treat their players i mean they treat their players like their employees, not like their dollar signs and pawns
0: yeah yeah, that's so, definitely fair yeah. And other news as we go through this uh, yeah. big, big debacle. Are we gonna do this? Are we gonna talk about Draymond Green and his We are going to talk about Draymond TV? Green. <laughs> this is what so, I've been waiting for.
1: <laughs> right. So I uh, I pulled some some quotes here and everything like that. But give me, uh, some,
2: give me some background. I've only
1: read blurbs about okay. it. Okay. So, so. Well, you're in luck because I did a whole write-up about <laughs> it.
2: Very good. I'm I'm excited. All right. Let's go ahead.
1: All right. So. Draymond Green learned a valuable lesson this week on why you should always double-check what or who you're Snapchatting when he sent a picture of his doppelwanger as part of his Snapchat story. Meaning that in between candid photos of Team USA and what goes on in between games with the team, Green's followers were greeted with a pangus. While he initially stated he was hacked, a line usually reserved for when celebrities get drunk and tweet their closet racism, he eventually decided to fess up to the accidental bangerang shop. While this is all well and good, one should note that per TMZ Sports, Vivid Entertainment is offering Draymond and many draymond $100,000, estimated to be slightly less than what he makes in one game, to commit career suicide by expanding his resume to star in a porn titled Zilla. <laughs> While one would ask why, it should be made known that there is a player option in this deal for Draymond to select his own co-stars. Draymond apologized for the snafu, stating, quote, it was a situation where it was meant to be a private message. No shit. Green said, quote, I kind of hit the wrong button and it sucks. It was meant to be private. We're all one click away from placing something in the wrong place, and I suffer from that this morning. (laughs) (laughs) We're all one click away from placing something in the wrong place is like the modern day life is like a box of chocolates. (laughs) Oh my it's, god! <laughs> life's like a box of chocolates. Sometimes there's a dick in it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> See, but, um, this so, is so scary! Here's... Like the uh. Go ahead. I'm sorry
1: saying so the funny thing about this is—is is this was attached to a story. So this goes out to all of his followers. He was actually getting a huge increase in follower numbers because he was showing Team USA things, including like there was the Vanessa Carlton video and a number of other things. So in between the team singing Thousand Miles," there's just a picture of Rock Hard Draymond Green. <laughs> it's yeah. I mean, I naturally I had to look because I'm. Uh, <laughs> He's like, I, I, I couldn't not look. Right, I mean, and I didn't turn to stone from it, so it's not like it's a Medusa penis or anything, but yeah, his, uh... <laughs> yeah, if you followed Draymond Green, you got a temporary bow rang in your stories.
0: <laughs> um, did you mention it See, when they were doing the, uh... The USA basketball Twitter account posted this thinking it was like a like yeah, look at the team putting their gear together and like getting ready for their sizing. No, there's an actual picture of Kevin Durant and Carmelo Anthony and they're like polo Ralph Lauren stuff for like the opening ceremonies and they're literally covering their like their private parts with their hands. <laughs> and they posted that <laughs> on their Twitter account like Team USA getting fitted for uh, for the opening ceremonies in Rio. That's great. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. I love it.
1: Uh, someone got a real candid photo of Tim Duncan in line at Old Navy. So, in case you're wondering what he's doing post-retirement, it's exactly what you'd expect.
2: Oh my gosh, buying
1: some
0: big boxy shirts. <laughs>
1: I hope so. <laughs> or making sure these jeans were 50% off.
0: And, uh, Amari Statemeyer is now playing for a team in Israel that he part owns.
1: Perfect. Perfect.
0: Yeah, he, and he <laughs> can buy his you can buy his jersey on their website, and even in America. Wow. You know, I, you know, I don't think he
2: had a bad year last year. I mean, no. he, was, he was not like, I have no idea why he's hanging it
1: up. Like, uh, well, know. he he said that he wanted to come back. He wanted to retire as a son, I believe is what he said. And they wouldn't uh, do it. Yeah, so he said he wasn't going to keep knocking at a door where no one was answering. So, I so, mean, whatever. Like, move on from it then. Just, and he I did, so.
2: I just don't understand why he, he would just want to retire right now. I, I I think he probably had another good two years out of him. And <laughs> I guess
1: Israel's gonna get those two good years. Uh,
2: well, you know what? That's fine. That's fine. I, I don't think his NBA career's over at all. No.
1: No, no I, I think you'll get I think he'll have one solid year in Israel. I'm sure hopefully he was smart and put an opt out deal on that contract. Yeah. And he'll come back to the NBA next year. Yeah, I, 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 don't... I this is not the last we've seen of Amari Stoudemire. No, no.
0: So move on. Go ahead, John. Sorry. No, go ahead. It's you, it's you. I was going to say, before we do move on let's, like talk about like our, uh, guitar, our, our goal, for our main theme for this week's episode, Jimmy Butler's got to be the most exciting guy on Team USA, right? Like he, You can tell how much fun he's having and all the videos that are coming out. Not only the Vanessa Carlton one, there's him with DeMarcus Cousins uh, driving around. DeMarcus Cousins like, this is the shit I deal with when I drive with Jimmy Butler. It is him getting down and singing in like the front seat of a car. Oh,
2: it's great. It's great.
0: I love it.
1: Yeah. I, and I, I'm glad that he's just along for the ride. Uh, I guess literally in that sense too, but it's, he understands his role in the team. He's even been quoted saying like, I'm here for the defense. That's, that's it. So we're not going to see like this Olympics, a lot of flashy play from Jimmy Butler. It's going to be more about him just playing D. So it's kind of cool because they adapt that Euro style where each player kind of has a specific role game to game. So I think that'll be nice to see like Jimmy be able to focus on really what he's best at.
0: Yeah, dude. Like when you were there, so they were selling—they were selling Bulls merchandise at the uh, United Center store. Um, They were just doing all Team USA stuff. I got in the gate 45 minutes before tip-off, and Butler shirts were gone. Whoa! It was cool, though. Yeah, Yeah. I appreciate it for sure. So, I uh. Is it
1: time for the main topic?
0: Oh, it is. So our our wonderful hoops historian Sean Mackey has been talking about. Doing some top ten lists, so Sean, I know that you are looking forward to this. So the floor is yours, man. How, how how are we gonna do this? What's the organization? What are the rules? Okay, I thought the first thing we would talk about, since it's two thousand sixteen,
2: and we're right here, you know, in the middle of a decade. I think we need to do the worst NBA draft picks of the last ten seasons. Okay, two thousand six to two thousand fifteen. We can't judge really anything from 2015 yet, but within the last 10 years, there's been a lot of duds, a lot of duds. Yes, there have. Yeah. it's amazing looking back at some of the, you know, the picks today, people that were picked over, you know, the 2000s were just such a, it was just such a weird decade for basketball, it was like, you know, I mean, the Pistons won that random title, you know, and it was just, I mean, that just kind of set the whole precedent for the whole, you know, decade, I thought. And all these good teams were rebuilding, like the Bulls. You know, like historic teams had like all these you know draft picks, and I mean sure. it was just weird. It was just so strange. And um, I don't know what what comes to your mind, Alex, when you think one of the biggest like draft oh. busts of the last ten years. I mean, I oh wish we God. could. I wish almost we could. All of them are
1: sinners. Almost all of them. Almost all. Almost all of them are foreign. <laughs> Yes. Well that I mean, that was the thing. I mean you had the success like post Yal, so you and this was really kind of on the cusp too, if you look like two thousand to two thousand and I'd say up to two thousand ten-ish as the NBA actually became a global game post the Olympics and everything. They started branching out. Once I think Yao being the first number one pick out of outside the U.S., then you get Kwame, who is also the first high school number one pick. You started kind of branching and and seeing the dominoes fall, where other GMs were starting to branch out and go, "Oh, maybe we should do this because one other team did it." Completely negating or like not ignoring any lack of success that was happening with a lot of these picks. Maybe sans Yao minus the injuries, but. It's it's really frustrating to kind of that that era was really really bizarre because I mean you've got to factor in just based off draft positioning you've got Tyrus Thomas oh yeah uh, you've got Hashim Thabit yeah and God. Oh. you've got a dude you've got a dude whose ceiling was as tall as his floor with the Seattle SuperSonics drafting Sayer Sayer I do I still to this day do not know what they were thinking with that one
2: yeah I I don't either I mean he he was drafted number ten. Yeah. How many years did he end up playing?
1: I think less than his number in the draft for sure, but uh, I want to say maybe two. That was a a rough
2: pick. Uh, One that I was, you know, that me and you have joked about, you know, a lot over the years was (laughs) the debate, you know, in the 2007 NBA draft, who the Bulls were going to pick, you know, and out of nowhere, within like the three weeks leading up to the draft, this Chinese mystery man just showed (laughs) up, and and I I even got hyped up to. I was I was like, this guy sounds great. Yeah, you know, and Yi Yi Jinlin, yeah, and he he just he showed up like like out of nowhere. Who was the you know the mystery man in the draft? Everybody had these, you know, these little short blurbs about him on websites and then he started showing up at random movie premieres in Los Angeles. Like for like children's movies, like a Scooby Doo, like part two kind of (laughs) kind of kind of movie, you know, and it shows him, you know, and and you're like, Oh man, this guy's this guy's really, you know, he's out there, he's in Hollywood, he's He's hanging out. Yeah, so so the night of the draft, I, I'm sitting there thinking. Now you, <laughs> you've been you've been talking about Joakim Noah for the past two seasons beforehand. Correct. You're like you're like this guy's gonna be awesome. He he was, well, he, was he was gonna go to the draft, but he, he backed out, right? And he would have been number one in 2006, correct? Yeah, definitely. I don't think there's probably any. I'll uh, play them. What was that, Alex? Hello.
1: Hello. Yep. Ah. Yeah, cool. I was going to say, I said that, Uh. I mean, Joe had his junior year where he really had his breakout year the first time that Florida won the title, and then he was really the consensus number one pick that draft. Yeah. He decided to come back for the senior season, and his draft stock dropped to the benefit of Al Horford, and I was amped at the prospect of the Bulls probably getting him.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I mean, so, so we come up on draft day, and... I mean, there's all these names floating around, like, like Yi, and Spencer Hall's. I remember that one. Like we thought that was another. I was
1: a big Spencer Hall's fan.
2: Yeah, I, yeah, I, I I liked him too. I was like, maybe this is maybe this is the one. Um, so yeah. you know, and we ended up getting Jo Keem when we. It was great. But you know, you were still. I was still kind of wondering about this this Yi Jinlin fellow. And uh, it was so funny yeah. because he didn't want to go to the Bucks at all. I mean, no. they had to go over to China to. They had the owner go over and 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 speak to him, and then he came over, and the guy was like a complete bust. And, and
1: but is tearing, is tearing it up in China right now. But,
2: but remember that one year, hilariously, he almost made the All Star team. <laughs> and I'm, I'm pretty. I'm, I'm pretty sure he actually did. <laughs> I'm, I'm almost positive he probably actually made the, the team, but they just couldn't let that happen.
1: Yeah, I think he's the NBA's first mathematical all-star.
2: <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we were getting, we were like, is this really going to happen? Is he really going to get voted on the I mean, hell,
1: I saw that and I voted for him.
2: Seven, he was averaging like seven or eight points a game, and I'm like, you know, and, you know, people debate that all the time, but it's the fans voting in the players, so... I it would have been kind of fun if he would have made it just, just oh, absolutely, just for the ridiculousness of the whole, the whole
1: thing. But, yeah. um, it's like an MLB season where almost the, the entire starting lineup was the Kansas City Royals.
0: Yes, yes. <laughs> or um, was it the year the Pistons were the whole All Star team? We talked about that. Yeah, last four, week. four out of the five. Who yeah. was, who was yeah. the fifth
2: one? Who was the fifth? Tayshon. Yeah.
0: Okay. Mr. I saved your championship season, Tayshawn Prince? Didn't,
2: but who did they who did they play with the there was four pistons that made it? Who were they playing with at that you've point?
1: You've got you've got Chauncey, you've got Rip, Brent. you've got Big Ben, you've got Sheed. I think McDice was coming off the bench. You may have had Max Seal at that time. Yeah, but, but, that was... but who who was playing who, who played on that, that
2: lineup with the four other pistons at the all star. Was it Pierce? Game? I think it might've been Pierce. Pierce. It was, so it was, it was four Pistons and a Celtic. <laughs> oh, man.
1: Sounds like I, an awful I, romantic comedy. You know what?
2: I, I hated that team when they were playing, but I, I really do like them. I mean, they're, they're, they were just a really, really interesting group that was put together. Oh, and my they had God, a, yeah. They had a nice run. So. I mean, that,
1: that was a team that was just real fast, kind of tangentially. That, that, that team was top to bottom from, the, from Chauncey Billups down to the end of the bench. They all understood their role.
0: Well, what was interesting like down to about the Delfino and everything? Yeah, uh, what's interesting about that team, if you remember too, like um, that was when you know Kobe was like still in that process of being Amer- like falling from America's darling, Peyton the Malone coming to L. A. And it was almost like where people like love the Kobe Shaq team, as this Pistons team's coming in, you kind of see the, like America kind of like rooting towards them, kind of like being the bad boys again and being that Lakers team.
1: That's that blue collar aspect too. It
0: yeah, it was,
2: it was. But you know what? I I don't think they ever really grew into the bad boys role at all.
1: No. I no. mean,
2: you'd see. I mean, and it was funny. Like even when the Bulls were playing them, when they had that short lived rivalry with the you know the Bulls kind of uptick that they had in the mid two thousands. You know, we ended up getting Ben Wallace, and I thought that was going to make things really tense, and it just never materialized. You know, I I don't know.
1: So, yeah. So what other yep. What are the draft busts? Tim, um, you
2: got Tim, you got one that, that comes to mind.
0: Uh, I have a few. Um, and uh, you know, I'm, it's it's right. It's forwards and centers. Um, obviously Anthony Bennett being the guy that's supposed to help Cleveland post LeBron uh, That was that uh, was that was a, yeah, that was a that was Brutal. Uh, um, and you know, like God, you know, God, love the Portland Trailblazers for every you know for every good draft pick they've had in the years. I mean, you talk about the Lillers and the Drexlers. Um, there's the we took uh, we took Sam Billy over Michael Jordan, and we I mean we we're still talking about that one, oh. And then there is with the first pick in the draft, we take Greg Oden over Kevin Durant, which at that time I loved Kevin Durant coming out of Texas. I really
2: liked yeah. Greg Oden coming out of Ohio State
0: too. I mean,
2: Oden was the next big big man. Yeah. I mean he was he was he mm-hmm. was gonna he was gonna bring the center position back. Right. Yeah, everyone I mean, was well, really excited.
0: He was the next he was the next guy. Yeah. And then. Going back to that 06 draft, you guys were talking about Yee and Joe Keem and all those guys. Why is Patrick O'Brien ever not brought up? Like, his, like, one and a half years to <laughs> <of> the NBA. <laughs> Holy yeah, shit. He, yeah, he was drafted
2: ninth over Redick, uh, Brewer, Rondo, oh <laughs> and one of my personal favorites, Ronaldo <laughs> Blackman. Ronaldo Blackman! <laughs> Balkman,
1: Balkman, yeah,
0: yeah, Wasn't Javar's credit in that draft, too?
1: Um... I couldn't tell you. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, he, he, we know him and uh, we know him and Gilbert were besties. So. God. Paul
2: Millsap was in that draft as well. He was drafted 47th in the uh the second round. Yeah. So that was uh, it was kind of an interesting, kind of an interesting draft. Kyle Lowry was drafted after after uh Patrick O'Brien. I mean, this is yeah, that's a bad one. You you got one right there.
1: Because uh, I mean, Adam Morrison obviously. Adam Morrison. Two-time Tear- yeah. NBA champion aside. Ugh. I know, that was a mess. That was such
2: a mess. I, I don't know what to think about that pick. When it's too, like, it's, it's,
0: yeah, it's something.
1: something. I mean, no one, no one had been that voluminous of a scorer in college and how long, and he had that awesome shooting rivalry between him and Reddick. I mean, that was mm. that for a while in college basketball, that was the McGuire Sosa. Uh, of of college basketball where it's just you couldn't wait like to watch highlights of those two when they played on the same night. It just translated into the NBA. It just didn't work.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it's just that I I don't think Adam Morrison's style of play. I think JJ Redick was able to adapt. He may have ended up in a better system too, I don't know. But I I think Adam Morrison also kinda had the weight on him to be like, hey, you're gonna be the main guy on this Bobcats team. (laughs)
2: Yeah, that's really what he was. They they threw that at him. It was him yeah. and uh, was was Okafor already there? I believe he was. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, Okafor yeah. So he
2: was already there. there. So I mean, I mean, that was and they had uh, Wallace as well, correct? Gerald yeah. Wallace. Yeah. yeah, they
0: did. Yeah. So oh, I mean, they were uh, They're just a god. That era of like Charlotte Bobcats basketball, the draft picks.
2: The was... bo- the Bobcats were just the whole thing was just a
0: bad <laughs> idea. I
2: wish we could um... erase it from NBA <laughs> history. It's terrible because
0: it's like. It's like, so you're like, Okafor, I, don't, I wouldn't say Okafor's a bust by any stretch. I just wouldn't say no, he didn't no. to pick, too. Uh, serviceable. Was saying, yeah, Adam Morrison would definitely a bust. Right yeah. the year after that is Ray Felton and Sean May. Yeah. Um,
1: oh, my God. God Felton, that whole... Rashad McCants? Yes! Michael Jordan <laughs> in North
0: Carolina, man.
1: That, that whole, when that whole UNC team went pro, it was supposed to be this whole big wave of, you know, these guys coming in that were going to change the game and everything, and it just did not pan out.
0: No. Which kind of makes you appreciate, like, as much as I don't like them anymore, like, kind of makes you appreciate what Calipari is doing Kentucky. Because about 90% of those guys stick when they come in. Yeah. yeah.
1: I and mean, you get your so, Teagues and your, your kid Gilchrist's... But right. as a whole, I mean, yeah, there's there's a talent gap, definitely, between what UNC did back then and what UK is doing now.
0: Yeah. And then, you know, we'll kind of talk about this, and I, I know we'll touch on the bus drafts here, but, like, we're, we're laughing about these drafts from, like, 06, 07. That oh eight draft, when you look at it, was really fucking solid, man. Like, oh, yeah. Maybe, not everyone was, like, a star, but yeah, I mean, not, like not Joe Alexander. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh. Right. Well, I, I actually love story in the story of this trap, Alex. So you told
1: me uh <laughs> I'm sorry. As soon as you said that, I just immediately saw like, let's see some highlights of Joe Alexander and he's like, I jumped so high, I hit my head on the rim <laughs> <laughs> And then it's just Joe Alexander running up and going, See, dunk And you're you like, know Oh, what? this guy's great.
2: I totally forgot he was even in the dunk contest that showed you how much and I remember <laughs> And that was his claim to fame. That was the only thing he ever did. And then he, ended up, he. I remember he ended up on the Bulls. I guess that was probably the last year he played in the NBA. He was like at the oh, bottom of our yeah. bench that one season. And yeah. I'm like, what is this? This is ridiculous. Is like
1: him? Was he? Was he? Did he share bench spots with Andre Barrett? Probably. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah, that seems about right.
1: So. Oof. And Aaron Gray yeah. playing where playing, playing where's James on? Plays. <laughs> I
2: mean, go ahead, Tim.
0: So the um, you know, only draft kind of though, like uh, Alex, this is one of my favorite stories you told me. Like obviously not on the show because we're only in our second episode, but uh, it's the Derrick Rose draft, and you guys mm-hmm. being like, I mean I'm a Bulls guy, but like I wouldn't say I can say it's fair for me to say compared to you guys as Bulls fans that I'm gonna start having as a Bulls fan as You guys are. It's the Bulls going to that night with what like a 05 percent chance of getting the first pick. It's Derrick Rose coming.
2: 9. Oh God, that night. It wasn't high. No. Uh, Derrick
0: Derek Rose, you know, coming out of Memphis, a Chicago kid, uh, coming out there, and you guys sitting there thinking, well, it'd be cool if we'd get Rose, but there's no way it's going to happen, right? Oh, shit, oh, yeah, they're... Right?
1: Because we were thinking, best case scenario, we were going to get, like... Kevin Love. That's <laughs> we, well,
0: wonder. Well, I, I, I...
1: God, this is, like, one of those nights that, like, just kind of, like, sticks with me in, in a really weird oh, yeah. way, where I can remember, like, conversations and, like, actions and, and where our minds were at the time. Exactly. Uh, it was it was really interesting because we were sitting there I think they were looking at the 13th the yeah. was it the 13th or the 9th pick Um I, I want to say it was the 9th Okay so I think best case scenario we were eyeballing Brooke Lopez Yes he as, was yes that was
2: he, at he the was time, definitely an option
1: Yeah at the time they were like uh, we were like oh cool post scorer yeah. there we yeah. go But I remember a few weeks before the draft or before the lottery uh, we were looking at NBADraft.net, and I remember pointing at Derrick Rose going, this is the guy we need. <laughs> but uh, there's no way. But I remember we were sitting there, and they were going through the picks, and ninth went to somebody else. And just casually, the reporter or the the anchor just went, and that means Chicago's in the top three. Yeah. And it completely goes over mine and Sean's head. And someone so, goes... So
2: we're like, we're like, you know, and then when we finally get to the number two pick, we're like, well... I guess we'll I guess we'll have to take cuz Michael Beasley you know from what yeah. every I think a lot of teams would have taken him number 1 and I was yeah. one of them I really wanted Michael Beasley I'm well, not going to lie
1: Yeah they say I mean statistically the best statistic that translates from college to NBA is rebounding Yeah and Beasley was the number one rebounder that year
2: Yeah and I mean and... He, he could score points in bunches Yeah I mean I don't remember what he averaged, but I mean he was he was kind of like he had like kind of like a you know, a Ben Simmons esque kinda
0: and To put that st- that error there in time frame too, this is Derek Rose coming off the national championship where Memphis loses on his free throws at the la- at the end of the game. Yeah. So yeah, that you know, I did see that as like team State he has that potential number one there over over Rose. So, you guys get to the two pick here. You guys are thinking Beasley. Alex.
1: Uh, and, well, well, we were we were thinking, best case scenario, we were like, number three, we got love. And we we're like, that's great. Sean loves the Beach Boys. This will be perfect.
0: <laughs> and
1: then they were like, number three is Minnesota. We're like, cool, Beasley. There's no fucking way. There's no way the Bulls have the number one pick. And like, the number two picks of the heat. And then Dwayne Wade shed the single tear like the Indian when you littered. But <laughs> we were just like... Holy shit! And <laughs> then you've got what was it, oh god, what was that guy's name like Stan Gershman or something yes, like that? Yes, yes, They're basically just like, hey, we've got a wheelbarrow full of mud. Just send it to the draft lottery with an envelope and like a, a thumbs up.
0: <laughs>
1: he he's just like, yeah, we got the number one pick. Like the dude looked like he expected it bullshit, no one expected it. It but, was, funny. Yeah. He was He was, like, twiddling his thumbs. He looked like
2: Rick Moranis. Like, and then, <laughs> <laughs> like, he was just sitting there, like, I mean, he looked like he'd be doing taxes, and I think he probably was while he was sitting at that thing. And then, like, the number kept getting closer and closer, and then he, like, got real animated all of a sudden, like, oh my god!
1: I'm hey, part of hey, this! <laughs> hey, Paxton and, and, and Fortman, I just wanted to let you know that our draft number keeps getting higher, so you know what I did is I raised everybody else's draft stock up <laughs> (laughs) too so that way they would just think that we were all even and all real loud (laughs) no and that was such a surreal moment because at that point we just went because the bulls were coming off of firing Scott Skiles uh, halfway through that previous season The Celtics just pulled off, you know, the heist of the century with getting the the big three and then absolutely decimating the Lakers in the finals in that last game. Yep. And so you still have that really somber kind of hangover from the season where you, that this, I mean, going into the season with the Bulls, you had them kind of pushing the Pistons a lot in the conference semis uh, in the playoffs the previous year, and they'd got Noah. So at that point, you're thinking, how much better is this team going to be? And they weren't, and then they fired Skiles on Christmas Eve, replaced him with Pete Myers. He coached a game, and I think just smeared peanut butter on his clipboard and then put it down his pants. And then they were like, "Hey, Jim Boylan, how would you like to coach?" And he's like, oh, but "I can coach real good." And that—that <laughs> that was a miserable experience. <laughs> that was—that was like if someone just made me listen to Michael McDonald on a loop for the rest of my life. But uh, so. We were just kind of sitting there, like, okay, yeah, that sucks, and so you kind of have that somber hangover, and then all of a sudden you're in this valley, and then they're like, Bulls, the number one pick in the draft, and then you're just riding this peak because you're like, holy shit, like we are now in a new era of Chicago basketball, and that draft was insane too. Like there was yeah. very few bad picks you could have made, yeah. Regardless, because like, the I mean, even if they still got the ninth pick you still really couldn't go wrong because there was a really good, solid level of at least B-plus talent in that draft.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. Kind of moving on here. I was looking at the 2010 draft, and Wesley Johnson taking over DeMarcus Cousins, Paul George, (laughs) I mean, Eric
0: Bledsoe. What what happened there? (laughs) I think that may have been a character issue. Yeah, because people were concerned with Cousins because that was you the Louisville game. He like, yeah, that, it was. I think right. it was Russ Smith. I think he stepped on him or something.
2: Yeah, and didn't get ejected. <laughs> I, I know, but this is the thing about Cousins. He still has a character issue, but everyone loves him. He's great. <laughs> right? He's 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 such a good basket. He's you know what? He's arguably the best setter in basketball right now. I mean, I I would say he is. Yeah, I mean, he—he yeah, I mean, he is a fantasy. I've had I had him on my fantasy team like two or three years, and I mean, he is like a complete stud. I mean, he just rebounds the ball and sh- and just makes baskets. It's great.
1: Yeah, I mean, Cousins is great, but I mean, also saying he's the best center, it, we're also kind of in like. A wasteland of centers in the NBA, I where know, I feel like I know. yeah, it, it's like so we got a starting point guard, a shooting guard, a small forward, a power forward, and a stretch power forward. Yeah. You're like oh,
0: like what? prime example being Tristan Thompson.
1: Yeah. It's I mean, but that's also the way the game's being played right now. So right. Imagine so, what could have happened if Greg Oden's knees weren't made of glass. I know. I know. That could have changed everything.
0: So uh, I remember there was a meme that came out. The year that, like, Odin won a title with Miami, right? He was on one of those. Or did he just win? Yes, was that yes, year he they did. lost? No, he, okay. he won one. So there's a picture of him holding, like, the, in the locker room in, like, his heat uniform holding the MVH, holding the Larry O'Brien trophy. And the meme says if Greg Odin trips, is it, which one of these things breaks first? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. I
1: still think the best Larry O'Brien picture is a uh, Big Baby Davis. Oh my God! That, that, <laughs> yeah, that's 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 a wonderful picture. <laughs> that, is, that is hands down it the greatest. It was good. Greatest.
2: You know, I I just came across another name, a total bust who, like, I totally forgot about, and I don't even know if he's in the NBA anymore. But uh, Jan Vesely. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, he had the hottest girlfriend in the world, but he couldn't play basketball. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that was what he was known for. He came out and, like, he had this beautiful, like, blonde woman come out and make out with him right there as he's accepting. Like, oh, I've just been drafted. This is great. And then he walks out and... They showed all these clips that looked like they had been filmed on, like, some kind of VHS camera from the 1980s of him, like, getting, like, five feet of air and dunking over top
1: of people. And I was like, man, this guy's awesome. Right? And then he brought smoking hot bitty to the draft. Exactly. <laughs> and when so they call his name. He gets up, and he's just like, I bet I can shove tongue down your throat. <laughs> he is <just> like, <laughs> rams that thing in there. And you could even hear, like, the announcers just go, oh. Yeah. Okay. Like yeah. what? I, I, and then that was the last we ever heard of Jan Vesely. I mean, I
2: mean he, he ended up he ended up getting drafted in front of Clay Thompson and Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> 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 I mean, do you do you remember this guy, Tim? No. Jan? <laughs> I said his name wrong, sorry, before. But yeah, yeah I mean he was uh today. Yeah, he uh he was like seven feet tall, and he apparently could dunk and shoot threes. And I don't know where he is today, but wow! <laughs>
1: yeah, that is, That's another one of those draft. I mean, you take a chance on those kinds of guys. And I think oh, that's yeah. a, especially with with the drafts the way they have been. I mean, you've got that dearth of foreign talent that runs usually between like the eight and the twenty sixth pick or so. And I mean, some of those guys are, are stashes. Some of those guys are really good pickups. I mean. Omer turned out really well. I mean, just speaking from the Bulls' history, you've got Omer who turned out to be, like, as the defensive stalwart that they wanted him to be. Yeah. Miritich is turning out like, good. This uh, this is
2: his year. This is the year that he has to prove himself or it's over right. Him, So Right,
1: and, and, I mean, you. I think that there is a, a new belief of, of drafting foreign guys and just kind of stashing them until they're ready because then it saves you on cap space. You don't have to sign a guy right away. So. Right. It's like I said. I mean, I keep going back to this, but it's just the it's the way the league is at this point.
0: Yeah, I agree. So, that being said, we've listed a lot of names there. Who's number ten? Yeah.
2: Who's number ten?
0: Yeah, if we're going, if we're going top ten list. If we're going
2: top ten, let's do uh, Thomas Robinson. Remember him? Oh yeah, shit! I wanted, so- I, I, did, I, I wanted him to be good. Same here. I did too. I, I, uh, I, I because, thought he was going to be. If
0: if you if you remember that national championship game that's your Kentucky wins that's the Anthony Davis team. Um, he was the one guy on Kansas' team that made them in the game.
1: Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. he had the, he had the build. He was he was a little short, but he was stocky. He was jacked. I mean, the dude had the frame that you would want, and he had the frame of somebody that you're like, oh, cool we can build, like, he may not be, he'd be a serviceable guy, like a Patrick Patterson kind of player I I kind of Mm -hmm. saw him as. But I think he got traded that night and then traded again and then got traded in the middle of the season. And he never really, ironically, found a home in the NBA. And it was unfortunate because, like, that was a dude that you could really see potentially succeeding if he got a chance to put the work in.
2: Yeah, right. I mean, he, he he was kind of a bust. I mean, he was, I mean, the people that were, like, right after him... Damian Lillard, Harrison Barnes, Andre Drummond, and then like a whole, you know, you know, a whole uh, round later, Draymond Green. So, but right. nobody could have predicted that. So, you know. right, right. Okay, uh, so we'll go with him. I'm going to go with him with with number ten. Alex, go ahead. Number. Uh, nine.
1: I mean, there's uh, there's been so many busts in the last few years alone. I think it almost bumps down where all the Wakandi ranks in this thing. Almost, yes. Yeah, I mean. I, I don't know how they didn't see that would be a bust, given the fact that he was drafted kind of from like a non-school. Yeah. Uh, and, and that was such a bizarre pick, but I, I'm i going to... That draft I'm gonna, was terrible, period. I was was gonna, it 2000? I, yeah, I, or 99 or 2000. I, I think I'm going to skip all the candy for this one. I'm going to say okay. Marcus Pfizer.
2: Marcus Pfizer. Okay. okay, cool, cool. That's a good one. Um, Tim?
0: Number eight, I'll go Hashim Sabit yeah um, if if you remember that time, I mean, being the second pick coming right after uh, coming in the o nine draft there um it was the first time you seen a guy that high kind of get sent to the d league like twelve games into his NBA career
2: oh yeah, yeah. it was awful and but but you kind of had that inkling of a feeling it might happen because right uh I remember he faced off who was the uh who was the guy dwan blair faced off against him during the main season yeah. and he just demolished him. Mm-hmm. And everybody thought Dewan was gonna you know get drafted up in the first round, but he had some sort of lingering knee problems and I you know I don't even know if he's playing now, but he had a few good seasons with uh, the Spurs but I mean he really he handed it to the beat and I think that was kind of like the the sign that maybe this guy isn't that great because the beat had like four or five inches on that dude. yeah so, I mean it was it was uh, that one was good. so um, I'm gonna follow the beat up with uh, a draft pick that was, like, just a few after him, Johnny Flynn.
1: Oh, oh man. Yeah. The six-overtime
0: Syracuse game. Six. I think that's
1: where he used all of his basketball. <laughs> 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 like, I after mean, that, he couldn't basketball anymore.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the people that got drafted after him... <laughs> Curry got drafted immediately after him, and nobody would have thought he would have became what he became. So, I mean, that's, that's you know... And then you have DeRozan, Brandon Jennings, yeah. Drew Holiday... Jeff Teague, like all these good players, you know, and, and Johnny Flynn. And I even thought Johnny Flynn was going to be good. But they just oh, – yeah. that was the year they drafted like two or three, uh, you know, point guards. And I'm like, what are they – but they they knew that Ricky Rubio wasn't going to come over that first year. And, right. you know, so they had to have somebody so – and Johnny Flynn was hot off the tournament and everything. So it was like, Let, let's do this. Let's go this way. So, so what was that, number seven?
0: No, Sean uh, – Alex is on seven.
1: Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Stromile Swift. Oh, oh. Okay. Number two in '01, okay. and statistically, a draft that only produced three All-Stars. Yeah, that that was another. That was a poor draft. Yeah.
2: Very poor.
0: So I guess I kiss me at six then. Okay. Yeah, it so, does. If you look at, I'll go to the ten drafts, Um, because if you look, one through eleven are all still guys that won playing the NBA still. Some are all stars. Some contribute serviceable there, guys. Service, yes, yes, that's fair. And then there's Xavier Henry. Who, yeah. <sighs> if you, if you're, yes, uh, drafted by dra- another Memphis flaw, uh, as we talked about Johnny Flynn just now, uh, and uh, all those guys there. Um, Xavier was that guy that, if you remember, he was in the top three high school players in the country going through that year with yeah. John Wall, and um, actually it wasn't Cousins was like seventh or eighth. Um, but, yeah, so Xavier uh, Henry was that guy because, uh, you know, I thought he was going to be good uh, uh, watching all his stuff. But be, it is good to know that he's still affiliated with the National Basketball Association, being that he is a member of the Santa Cruz Warriors after his uh, mini-stretch there with the L.A. Lakers.
2: Well, you know, his stretch with the Lakers wasn't that bad, and then he got hurt, and that was, like, the end of him. Like, I, I thought that they were getting kind of – I mean, he had some some games where he put up 20 points, you know, I don't think he was he was that bad, but that was one of those weird Kobe injury series, you know, right. Seasons, right. So, you know, but you know, I feel I feel bad. I, I like Xavier Henry, but he's just you know, he, yeah, I I would put him on here. I agree. Unfortunately, yes, yes. So I guess I have the next one, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna go with Jimmer. Jimmer for dead. Fair, <laughs> like too, too easy. Yeah, okay, but I'll it. I mean, I, I don't think it's – I mean, it, it's fair. I mean, we thought he was going to be great, I mean, and he came in, and the, the closest thing I could compare him to was Bobby Hurley. Like, he was like this guy <laughs> – no, seriously. He, he was like this, you know, little short guy who played point guard. He was fantastic in college. He gets drafted by the Kings just like Bobby Hurley and just fades out,
1: you know. Yeah.
2: I mean, he had – I mean, there were a few games where he was able to put up some points, and that was it. And it was – you know, he just – he didn't have a shot because they had Isaiah Thomas, I believe.
1: But, I guy. mean, on the bright side, something that I think is often overlooked with Jimmer is the fact that he did get that supercut fan-made video of teach me how to Jimmer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so he's got that going for him. Okay, okay. So what are we on uh, now? Number Five, five. Okay. Is it, is it a bust if he never made it over here, like Fran Vasquez? Because I'm going with Fran Vasquez. I mean, what was I he drafted? What, which year? Uh, let, me, let me get that back up here. Uh, 05, number 11 by the Magic. Okay. Yeah, I don't even remember him, man. I uh, the <laughs> thing see. never this, came this, over, right? <laughs> yeah, here's a, here's a quick write-up about him. The thing that makes Vasquez such a bad pick is the fact that he returned to Spain right after the night of the draft and never set foot on the court for the Magic.
2: Well, yeah, that's, that's terrible. Yeah. That's a that's a complete waste right there.
1: Yeah, yep. yeah. Sometimes that happens. That's the that's the catch with drafting those foreign guys. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Tim puts me in any that's other that's time. Any other time, he'd be number one on my list, um, but I'll put g Greg Oge, on this, only because he does technically have an NBA championship to his name, I know Adam Morrison does too, but uh, this is kind of like the uh, the Brittle Bones, the hype was there, and it kind of look when he was starting, like there's like 10 games, he played well, just couldn't put it together long enough.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, he he torched the Bulls one game. I remember that. I think he probably had his best game as a, you know, National you know Basketball Association player against the Bulls. I mean, it was uh, – he ended up – I think he scored like 25 points against them one game, and he ended up having like 10 rebounds. And they were like, oh, this is the game. We've been waiting for it. Never happened again. No. So – I'll always remember that though. He did torch us once. So
1: Yeah. So I but that's a, game.
2: That, that's okay. He's got a ring. He, you know, whatever.
1: He spells knife with an n.
2: He spells, Yeah, <laughs> that's that's a whole other story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and tell it, Alex. Go ahead and tell it. Uh
1: so I I dated a girl who used to live in Columbus, and she was friends with a girl who actually went to OSU while Greg Oden and Mike Conley and that whole team was there. Yeah. Uh, they had them. Over, she had she and I guess her roommate or something like that had Greg Oden actually over for like a double date to play categories, and <laughs> as you do, and uh, she told me that they looked at his answers like the next morning. And she goes, he spelled knife with an N. <laughs> <laughs> and that was her story of Greg Oden. That's a good one, though. I really like that I think story. so. It's, a, yeah, it's, it's, it's
2: And you know it's true. <laughs> <laughs> you just know it's true. You
1: hope it's true.
2: You hope it it's is. It's a legend. I don't, Greg
1: Oden, I don't want Greg Oden to shut up at my door and be like, K-N-I-F-E, motherfucker, and then punch me in the throat.
2: You know, I mean, I, I don't, I don't. That's a good story. I like that. Okay, yeah. so that's number, uh, that's number. Did you go with five or four, right there?
0: I was four, yeah. So you're three.
2: I have number three. Okay, I'm gonna go with. Uh, man, there's so many great players to to put on <laughs> on this list. You know, I mean, it's. Um, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with Anthony Bennett. I mean the guy hasn't done anything. I mean he could be number 1 though, right? Yeah. I mean right. he could he's would, would you say that he's he's probably the number one biggest bust of the last 10 years? Yeah. And it's only yeah. it's only a few years and okay, well we can't okay. So he's number 1. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Spoiler. Thanks. Spoiler. Uh-huh. I know. <laughs> But I mean he hasn't done anything. I mean he got I mean he was a, a centerpiece in a trade for, for Kevin Love and I was like, well this'll be nice. He'll get a new start out in Minnesota, you know, we haven't really got to see anything that he's done, you know, and man yeah. I mean Oladipo, I mean uh new Noel who turned out to be pretty decent. Um Codwell Pope's coming into his own, and Steven Adams right now probably looks like the best pick out of that <laughs> whole draft. Yeah. I mean, you know, we got Antetokounmpo's in there as well, and, I, like, I think the the jury's still out on him. I think he's he has the tools to be great, but I don't yeah. know if he's ever going to put it all together. Like, they keep saying, oh, this is going to be the year, you know, he's really going to do it, and he's going to play point guard this year, like you know, the whole year, and, you know, he hasn't really done anything, but but I would say Steven Adams has is so far been the best player out
1: of that draft. Yeah. With Attuda Combo, I think he's, I think you could see a breakout year this year. If not next year, I think it's where you've got to put a cap on him before. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, before you just kind of, like, cut ties. I think it's but it's. He's so, to shit about the top time. He's so
2: young still, though. I mean, he came right. in, what was he, like, he he just turned 18, when he came right. in the league, I mean, right, it, which I think
1: is thirty-six and Thonmaker maker years.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was funny. There's a there's a clip I know that I, I saw years ago where uh, Reggie Evans, who I think was playing for Brooklyn at the time, is sitting on on the bench and he kind of like tugs at his shorts while you know he's on the other team and he goes, "How old are you, man?" And you can see him mouth it and he's like eighteen. And he's like, "Damn!" <laughs> and he just yeah. you just hear him, you see him mouth it, <laughs> and it's like you know and. He's gonna he's gonna be decent, but I you know, I don't know if he's ever gonna be this guy that they think he's going to be.
1: Moving right.
2: on. So are I, we
1: keeping this just within the last ten years or is this are well, we doing Well, you, You've overall? Been, you've,
2: been, you've been breaking out of that, so I've yeah. just been letting you go and, and All you, right. those, are, those are some great ones, man. Like I totally forgot about, you know, some of the
1: guy from The Magic. I mean, I didn't even remember that. <laughs> so I I remember him because he never played. <laughs> <laughs> if, that's, I mean, that's, that's pretty, if that makes any sense that's pretty good uh, that's pretty good i I think it's a for a toss up I'll let you guys kind of decide okay, if man, we're sticking ahead. with the, if we're sticking within the last ten years yeah uh, I'm not hundred percent sure uh for branching outside of that I that, think Darko obviously yeah well God uh, yeah I mean he's God, one of the biggest
2: I, busts of the last thirty years
1: yeah he's, but what about uh, what about not in service Purvis?
0: I was going to say that, or um, I actually had Joel Embiid on my list just because we haven't seen.